I have Simon Chadwick, the legend, here live at the next conference here in Chicago. Simon, how are you? I'm good, thanks. I mean, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. Thank you good. for asking. Yeah, the um, weather has been a little bit cold, but not too bad. A little rainy, oddly enough, for Chicago this time of year. But what are you going to do? We're in a conference it's anyway. It's not so snowing. Not snowing, not freezing. Yeah, right. Totally winds. Yeah, totally winds. Actually, it might even be warm for Chicago standards. I don't know. I, I don't know. All I think is that, you know, when it rains in Chicago, it's just because the temperature is turning the snow into liquid. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, it's totally anyway, true. It's a very I cold love this city. city. I do too. It's yeah. actually my favorite city globally. Yeah. Um, but it would be hard for me to move here just because of the winters. But yep. I, I absolutely love Chicago. The people are super nice. It feels like uh, New York, Man- you know, like a Manhattan, mm. London-ish type. And great Big- architecture and yeah, art. You know, the rivers and yeah, tremendous. Yeah. yeah. It is yeah. great. So what do you think about the conference so far? Well, from what I've seen so far, not bad at all. Um, I'm really looking forward to um, my colleague Lucy's uh, paper later this afternoon. Um, which is uh, Who Killed Advertising Effectiveness? Um, Murder at the Manor. So it's a detective detective story. Interactive. Of course, course Lucy would bring a just riveting bend to that subject. Right, right. Or any subject. Yeah, she's a great, great speaker. So I'm looking forward to that. Looking forward to the comedy show tonight. Are you going? Yeah, I am. I am. Uh, Yeah, Yeah. that should be fun. That's going to be great. Yeah. Yeah. um, But yeah, I've got... Unfortunately, I don't know about you, but every time I come to a conference, conference calls with China or with India or Seems with, like you it. Know, crop up and you're, you're in your room, you know. Totally. Yeah. It's ridiculous. But, and you miss, yeah, it's absolutely asinine. <laughs> Very frustrating, actually. It is, yeah. 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 That just happened to me today, actually. And mm. I missed an important person I was trying to connect with. Oh, so, uh, yeah. Anyway, that's disappointing when that happens but anyway so the show is actually really good i've enjoyed the uh, i've been able to attend three 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 sessions or speakers whatever mm. uh they were super informative I'm, i've been impressed with the quality of the content yeah i was at um, the storytelling one yeah. and uh, i thought she did a good job mm-hmm. um and you know actually made it easier for people to understand what they had to do in preparation and how to actually keep this story alive after the presentation and you know it was very it, it was very pragmatic practical. yeah i love the tactical application mm. you know like i i'm a i'm a sucker for if you put up a blog post and say three tips too mm. then i'm like okay simon i'm gonna read it i just i like the i can pull something out of this and apply it today to my life yeah. and have an impact yeah you know we're as humans we're so funny whenever we see numbers um, talking about Lucy again, she um, uh, did a big experiment at Coca-Cola Western Europe, which she presented at SMR, uh, looking at how you can disseminate insights to people who actually were not the stakeholders. So if you're Coke sodas and you find something, you know, how can you get it across to juices or waters? Because it might actually be really relevant to yeah. them. So they conducted a big experiment. And guess what, you know, one of the things that actually grabbed people was in terms of the emails that you would send out was an infographic with 
43 ways that you need to right. do this or totally. you know yeah. yeah yeah it's crazy i did um i i actually it's funny so i'm mean, now i'm going to say something that i i'm not counterdict counterdict what i just said um i historically was very resistant to clicking on the three tips or whatever yeah uh, and because I just felt it was so canned and marketing-ish. Yeah, it just yeah. Like bull- smelled like bullshit. So, pardon my French. Uh, and, but I just, I can't help it now. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, the A-B te- the date is right. It is what it yeah. is. So, I'm, I'm not going to resist the wagon anymore. I'm getting on it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, getting on it. Yeah. So, yeah. what is going on at Cambridge? At Cam- Cambridge. No, no, ca- uh, sorry. Um... Cambridge, I don't know. I haven't been no. there for a while, but um, <laughs> maybe soon. Uh, well, I mean, we're uh, it's 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 interesting. Um, so there are three buckets to our business. What the first is strategic and operational consulting, mainly for research agencies. That's where we started off 15 years ago. Um, we then added various different pieces of you know specialized operational consulting, but. Um, then we got into the M&A business, and that's now probably a third, third to a half of our business. And then we got into the training business on the corporate side uh, in what we call power skills, communications, influencing, synthesis, things like that. And they're about a third, a third, a third, but each one is showing different traits. Um, on the client side, the demand for training in power skills has shot through the roof. Really? really shot through the roof it's quite amazing we're booked now uh through the year i mean we don't have any space um and that's with you know major banks and pharmaceutical companies and so on so that's really good because it means you know we're getting we're helping them achieve impact and a lot of it is actually about measuring that impact which is also really good um, but then on the M&A side, it's almost dried up completely in the States. Nothing much left to buy, but it's exploding in Asia. Really? Yeah. And so we're Who's spending most of Who's doing the buying there. in Asia? Is it, is it it's conglomerates? Mainly, it's, com- it's the European and US conglomerates. Yeah, big, big boys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah not, not the, the, the usual suspects, the big four, um, apart from one. But three of them are in trouble, you know, so they, their appetite is somewhat diminished. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, they're, they're bigger, the bigger guys. Yeah. Do you, do you see Latam being a, like another, I think after it, Asia gets saturation then? It should move to Latam. Um, but I think there's some really interesting stuff going on in Africa and in the Middle East. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, you know, the Middle East in particular, We've seen a big, big sort of bump up in, in activity. And now, you know, South Africa was always strong, but now we're seeing East Africa yep. and, and um, some of the stronger economies in West Africa really beginning to come on stream. So Yeah, I think, yeah. you know, thinking about SMR's numbers on, I think it's $46 billion space that we're in in market research, you know the representation in these other countries has been small relative to the overall spend, mm. but it it feels to me, and I'm basing this off of conference attendance. I'm seeing a lot more people from these other markets mm. attend conferences, and and that is starting to speak to me in terms of like how much people are caring 
globally about consumer opinion. Yeah. Right. So it yeah. feels like it's it's like I honestly I think we're at this beginning of a J curve up um, as as an industry, which is really exciting. Mm. Yeah, I, I think one of the things that um, we have seen now is we're at the end of the chicken little era, you know, where the sky was falling. Um, and there is this acceptance that actually this is a time of huge opportunity. Yeah, It just right. looks different. Yeah, you know? totally. Yeah. Well, and, and you say, so where, where you, when you think about that, like user experience research in um, specifically in the Bay Area, I'm seeing this a lot, you know, Silicon Valley, you've got almost 10 to 1. So for every market researcher, there's 10 UX researchers. Wow. That's yeah. crazy. Mm. There's been an explosion in that space. Um, if you look at if you look at the hashtags, uh, market research combined with MRX on LinkedIn, the people number of people that follow, it's about three hundred fifty thousand. If you look at the number of people that follow user experience, it's um, over four million. Wow. So yeah. So I'm. But what's interesting is on a Venn diagram, and I've been doing this with a few other people. Uh, you look at the types of research that are done in both disciplines, and it's actually there's some crossover, a mm. material amount of crossover, right? So I'm, you know, I'm, I continue to wonder if we're not, while everything is going to be scaling up over user data, if we're also not going to at the same time start seeing, because these these division these people sit in different parts of the org structure, yeah. not together. Mm. So I'm wondering if we're going to see like this, you know, not chief research officer per se, but like somebody that's responsible for consumer voice at the C level. You know, it's so funny because. Um, I think you're just about old enough to remember the great Jack Honemichael mm -hmm. and, uh, and, you know, his books on research. And he was such a proponent of that idea 30 years ago. Right. Um, and it still hasn't come around yet. And yet when, and also in the, in the, in the corporate clients that we serve, you know, there's this battle going on as to who are the holders of the customer voice? Who are the holders of customer insights, of consumer insights? Is it, is it you know, the research function? Is it data analytics? If so, what type of data analytics? Because there's about 40 of them. Right. You know, is it finance? Um, and it's, the, the, nobody seems yet to have got the structure right, let alone put in that type of chief customer voice officer or whatever you want to call it there are chief cx officers yeah but that's kind of you know very specific yeah and it does to your so and this is such an interesting interesting deviant from our conversation but um or deviation from my normal kind of like conversation um that that oversight layer becomes really important because you think about things like data governance um compliance oh yeah right it's mm. actually the same and, and as important in all of those disciplines. Yeah, so yeah. that needs to be part of the, the job description. As we build out this fantasy mm, job description, mm. that's part of it. Uh, and then also just having that person at the table that has a point of view at a macro level and a micro level. So UX seems to be very micro, right? Whereas, in other words, I need a decision right now. Mm. Uh, so I you know, do my little whatever qual or... Um, and then uh, re market research tends to be more at a macro, it feels mm. like, right? So larger segmentation... Um, price elasticity, things mm. like that. Then, you know, so that's, it's kind of like this really interesting power that could sit at the table along with the CEO. And I would imagine a lot of eyes would get diverted to that individual mm. because 
at least the board meetings that I attend, that would be a very germane, right? It's, uh, yeah, I, I was talking, actually, when we were down in Miami, I was talking to somebody down there um, who today is at, uh, in data analytics, but uh, he was chief, uh, he was VP of Insights or whatever at a major company, and he remembered being in a meeting with the CEO, and there was the head of production there, the head of sales, and the head of marketing. And um, the CEO said to the head of marketing, so how are things? And he said, oh, terrific, absolutely terrific. <laughs> You're really going well. Right. And the head of sales said, nah, you know, it, we're, we're not yet really up there. And the head of production said, it's really bad. And, uh, uh, uh. and so the CEO turned to... <laughs> The VP of Insights has said, well, which is it? <laughs> <He didn't laughs> that's exactly yeah. it. Oh, that um, should be a New Yorker cartoon, yeah, it right? It really should, yeah. yeah. That's perfect. Yeah, uh, but I don't know. I don't know if we'll ever see that role, but there's too much will. competition. I think we will. I really do. do. Yeah. I, I, I honestly, I don't feel like, well, and you just think about the amount of waste that's happening right now from a training perspective. Mm. So I've got to train, if I, if I just focus, like at Facebook, if I just focus on the UX division, there's a bunch of people there and at varying levels of skill and experience. And then I've got a whole different set inside of the market research of different people, right, inside of the market research. And so, and never the two will meet if it is the case, yeah. really. Uh, so, like, just the training overhead could be reduced materially if yeah. you had a unified yeah. sort of roadmap on these are the yeah. core. That is one thing that we are seeing right now. We're, we're seeing more and more um, when we go into train in these major organizations that it's not just researchers it's researchers data analysts competitive intelligence right. strategic um and they they're all coming together for these right. so you know whereas we would be training two years ago we'd be training 25 people in a room now we're training 125 right so, totally yeah how do you guys See, that's that's really interesting. I think about, you know, technologies democratize access to the consumer, which is exciting, mm. but also terrifying because my favorite saying right now is just because I have a scalpel doesn't make me a surgeon. <laughs> um, and, and yet, you know, because I can launch a survey doesn't necessarily mean that I should mm. um, because I might not. The way I ask a question is actually really important. Yeah. Right. And so, yeah. you know, people that are seasoned researchers know how to do that well. And people that aren't, they really don't. And this isn't necessarily intuitive. So, like, the, at an educational level, again, going back to that C-level executive or whatever, now it becomes really important to start caring about the overall, like, understanding of consumer insights mm. at, a, at a, because everybody from the intern to the CEO is doing surveys, right? Yeah, and the very fact that you can do them, like, as you said, you know, yeah. the, if you've got a scalpel and you're not necessarily a surgeon, <laughs> you know, the very fact that you can, can get up a template and put right. something on it and put it out into the field and collect that data doesn't obviate the need for the fundamental principles and the fundamental principles i'm sorry still count you know i it, it bugs the hell out of me that <laughs> i was trained for two years before i was actually allowed anywhere near a, a customer and, and a lot of that was in back you know in statistics and and in sampling and you know these days that is not there it's there in some of the sample companies and in some of the suppliers, but it's it's not there in the um, in the brand in, level. In, in the brand level, yeah. Right. Well, I mean, there there was going back into the '90s, there was at the, at the brand level a um, I don't know if it was like a 
there was a structured uh, mentorship program, yeah. right? And a lot of the companies that I worked with, well, and, GM, and that doesn't exist anymore. GM was famous, uh, gen, you know, uh, General, yeah, yeah. General Mills, Mills. Was, was famous for being the University of, of Research. That's right. That, that went away. Yeah. But, um, you know, and then uh, there's, there's um, I think there's another aspect to this, which is, uh, and I'm probably going to upset a lot of people that oh, I, I can't I've wait. Already, I already published it. So, But there, there, we have to face that there is a lot of data illiteracy in companies, you know, in marketing, in brand, at senior management level. You know, people don't really know how to read data. And if you're just putting data in front of them or they're collecting their own, there's going to be some really bad mistakes made. I, uh, you know. I mean, yeah. Again, getting back to corporate waste, I think this is probably one of the biggest uh, gross margin opportunities in front of organizations and also like at an SG&A level. So you think about like how you could improve your sales and marketing right now. You've got the whole like lean marketing framework, um, uh, A-B tests the heck out of everything. But a big part of that also is understanding the customer why mm, and mm. informing if B is big, is performing better than A, well, why is that the case? Because mm. maybe that's really important. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, and, and that is be, has been, I think is now in the spot, it's starting to get injected uh, into the into the marketing side of it, but now all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, who's going to answer that question? Is it market research or is it UX or is mm. it marketing? You mm. know what I mean? So it's like yeah. it continues to beget the consumer voice is important to a decision I need to make. But now, who owns that? Yeah. And kind of rolling it again back up. It, it's like the consumer voice is going through a synthesizer, and you know, comes out yes. female on one synthesizer yep. and a male, male on the other. Yep. You know, right? And a so robot the, on another. And the, the waste then is not just redundant research. That's actually, I think, a, that's that is a waste. But that's not the bigger problem. The bigger problem is uh, conflicting and wrong answers mm. that are derived just because of errors in the methodology. Yeah. Yeah. And and skill of the yeah. uh, analytics person. Anyway, so as you look forward to 2020, can you believe 2020s? Just around the corner. Oh my god! Yeah. I swear, I thought I had jetpack. Like when I was a kid, you said 2020. There was no question we had jetpacks. Yes, right, right, <laughs> right. My wife is really disappointed we don't have jetpacks. Right? Yeah, I think that's you know, terrible. Yeah. I think that's yeah. terrible. And. Yeah, and we still can't. I still like we haven't had a material improvement to our air travel across to across mm. the pond, right? Mm. So yeah. that's the other thing I think is the Condor was one, the supersonic jet or whatever. Oh, the Concorde, it was yeah, yeah, Concorde, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, but yeah I never got now. onto that unfortunately. I didn't either. Yeah. I was super disappointed. Yeah. That was one of the things I would have liked to have been able to do. Yeah. By the time I could afford it, it was gone. Yeah, dang it. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. So it's you think forward? What do you what do you see as a, a macro trend? I I really do think um, the biggest macro trend uh, is is going to continue to be on the client side, and I think it's going to be this push for strategic relevance and strategic impact. Um, you know, when we did the uh, rebenchmark with Boston Consulting yeah. three four years ago, now twenty percent of insights functions were strategic partners or better. I mean, it's pretty pathetic, two out of 10. Uh, the good news was it was double what it had been eight years previously. But And um, you know, I'm on a crusade alongside uh, uh, you know, 
those from GRBN, Andrew, Andrew Cannon, and others to get that number up, you know, to 30, to 40, mm. and to do so by making people measure their impact, making functions. And we're seeing more and more uptake. And I think we're almost at the tipping point where, you know, we'll get to maybe 30%. It still leaves 70% out there are still not doing what they should be doing. And still a lot of waste, to your point. But if that's the case, then, uh, you know, I can, I can see a, a much more holistic use of all the tools that we see around us. And, you know, God knows how, how many of these tools can you actually absorb it's hard uh, it's really hard but maybe that will enable us to to, to get to uh, steve phillips idea of we'll have more time for the strategic we'll have more time for thinking i don't know every time technology has given us that opportunity we've wasted it but, uh you know. zoe or no it's not zoe i'm sorry z johnson she currently works at microsoft she had a interesting take on this exact point which is, and she actually cites in her podcast, uh, MR Explorer, the, these milestones in her career where she's had like a technological breakthrough and wow, all of a sudden she could do a lot more. But she said she's actually still spending the exact same time. It's just on the, on the logistics. It's just they're doing a hell of a lot more of yep. the, the research. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, unfortunately, I think that that's all, always going to be true. But... I, I'm an optimist. Me too. Absolutely. So, let's do that. Yes. Let's, let's hope. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> if somebody wants to get in contact with you, Simon, how would they do that? Uh, they can do it through Simon at consultcambiar.com. Perfect. Uh, or um, just look me up on LinkedIn and send me an, e an email. My guest today has been Simon Chadwick, the famed influencer and uh, I, I think patriarch really in a lot of ways, at least currently, of uh, uh, market research right now. Thank you very much for joining me on the Happy Market Research Podcast. It has been a pleasure. Thank you very much, Jamie. For those of you that are listening, if you found value in this show, which I certainly did, I would love it if you would please screenshot it, share it on social. It just takes a minute. These take hours for us to produce, so we appreciate that trade of time. Enjoy the rest of your day. <laughs>